Don't ask me to talk. From the sublime to the ridiculous. Join me, Stacey Heller. And me, Eric Ryder. As we talk about what's good to watch, read, see, listen to, and more. An edutaining one-hour break in your day that includes the segment, What Are We Eating? Sponsored by Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Stick with us for something good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am Stacy Heller, one of the co-hosts, and I'm joined, of course, by the other co-host. Hey, it's me, Eric Reiner. Hey, it's you. <laughs> That's right. I, I like that. Like, hey, here I am. Um, hey, everybody. This show, is a rem- uh, as a reminder, is good old-fashioned conversation. It is... It's random topics and uh, tangents off of those random topics because, like, I don't know. I never met a tangent I didn't like, and I have noticed that you're really good at going with the flow, Eric. Thank you. You know, I tell you what, uh, I haven't been to a party in a long, long time, but back in the day when I actually attended things. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I think it would have been so much nicer if we had, like, the wheel o topics <laughs> to drag around. I could just wander up to some folks. <laughs> and then we'd be like, what the heck? And I'd say, so, <laughs> favorite holidays, you know, or whatever, you know, something like that. It's a starting point. It would have, it would have been, yeah, it would have been lifesaver instead of... Uh, well, because it's mm. hard to walk up and just sort of like those cocktail wieners you got there, right? Exactly, <laughs> that sort of thing. It's like, just... and if you're not into sports, yes. then it's like you're not going to be like, "Hey, how about those whatever?" Right. And if you do say that, then somebody might think you actually know what you're talking about and oh, start yeah. talking. Yeah, I'm with you. And so, I'm out of my depth really quick when well, the sports talk oh, <laughs> starts. All I have to do, though, is if I mention like, oh, how about those Seahawks? And somebody starts talking, I'm like, actually, I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> so that shuts people down real quick. I don't know. It's kind of nice. You're right to have something that there's a little bit of structure and yet you can also kind of go with the flow. I decided that it's it's edutaining audio. I like it. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So speaking of edutaining audio, if we are edutaining you, then, uh, hey, you can find past episodes of the show wherever you find your podcasts, and you can subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and you don't have to worry about missing these random uh, conversations that we have. If you want to connect with us, you can text or call 475 475- Nine 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 two seven two six, or in the words of Eric, four seven five nine 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 cram. There you go. Uh, also, if you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can find it on uh, the Instagram page, Stacy Talks. Once again, I'm a little behind because I was sick, but it'll get back. I promise. Um, also, didn't you take a social media holiday as one of your? I did as one of my challenges, <laughs> yeah, and it's been a little or, awkward yeah. because I have had a few people ask me um, about, like, "Oh, did you see this? And did you see that?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no." And it's funny, no one ever asks. And then in this seven day period that I right. took my social media diet, a ton of people have asked me, and I'm like, "Sorry." <laughs> anyway, uh, it is that time in the show. When we share some ridiculous high holidays. So the first day I I had to mention because uh, it's National Annie Day and not like Annie, like the sun will come out. Uh, the name Annie. 
Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I thought that was tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Nope, it's today. Today. Oh, okay. It's not a day away. It's not a day away. It <laughs> All is right. well, today. Happy Today's any day. day. Yeah, so happy any day. I have a daughter. Uh, her given name is Anne, but she goes by Annie. And so happy any day, Annie. Uh, to the raggedy ones, to the uh, yeah. non, non-raggedy ones. The <laughs> raggedy, raggedy Anne and uh, little orphan Annie and yeah. uh, all the other Annies out there. Um, it is also National Popcorn Day. Now, where are you awesome. on popcorn as a snack? I love it. Do Especially you... when I go to the movies, but I also make it at home. Same. Okay. So when I go to the movies... Even if I'm alone, I get the gigantic one, and I want the buttery topping because it's so good. I want them to put it on halfway through and then jiggle it around and add more <laughs> because I want it to go all the way through. And when you get your popcorn, do you show any restraint, or are you like almost done with it by the time you get to the movie? To me, I find it even like the the small size is usually if I'm alone is plenty. <laughs> <laughs> but I do plow through Whip. it during during the movie. But then I find like I'm I get kind of queasy after eating all that popcorn. You know that the grease and the butter yeah, just it makes me a little bit iron like, stomach. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I love it. Uh, but I, I I think it's definitely better if you can split it with somebody else. You know, yes. Or have some self restraint and go. I'm just going to have half of this and then save the rest. I guess I don't know. You well, can keep it in the car and snack on it. While I you're liked getting the big tub. I never ate through the whole thing if I was alone. But then at some theaters, you can actually refill for free. Mm-hmm. And so I would occasionally. When the kids were younger, I would go to an afternoon movie. I would get the large and eat what I wanted, and then I would get a topper off, and I would bring it home for them for an after-school snack. Good idea. Right? Yeah. A little something different. But then I also love uh, making popcorn at home. Now, are you a air popper person? Are you Absolutely. So you do the air popper. See, I yeah. do the crazy eight where you add a little bit of oil. Now, do you have one of those uh, mechanisms with the dome? Yes. Uh, okay, and it's like a griddle with a dome, and it poppity pops. Yeah, yeah, and it has the little like bar that goes around, moving the kernels around. You know. <laughs> yes. I I just watched the uh, the food that built America, that was about uh, Orville Redenbacher versus Pop Secret, <laughs> and is it even a competition? Well, see, that's the thing that Orville Redenbacher, you know, real dude, and uh, he when he debuted his popcorn, he took the popcorn world by storm and then became the number one popcorn manufacturer in the country after like a year. I didn't know. I knew he was successful. I didn't know he was that successful. And then when microwave popcorn mm-hmm. came about, uh, the Pop Secret people, which was really General Mills, I believe. yep. yep. Uh, they came up with a better way to pop the popcorn in the bags. So then they quickly became like the big deal. But then Orville Renbacher copied them and then bam, he was back at number one again. There, so. I mean, well, and what's the one that you would put on the uh, stove and it was the foil? Chippy would... Pop. Yeah, they also talked about that guy. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that was like an experience. That was like a science it, experiment. Yeah. Totally. It was. was. Yeah, it looked like way more fun. Totally. Uh, and my parents would never let me get that. 
like they never let us get that because it was a mess, which is funny because we're going to be talking about like rules that our families had in our childhood. Well, that's one of them. Like we're not making a mess out of that. And then recently I got a bag of the pop secret just because it was like a freebie thing. So I had that and the pop, the air popper is better. Yeah, microwave. Um, There's always like you can't lung. seem the to not smell and get it to slightly be burnt. I'm with you. They say put it on for four minutes, but listen for it to slow down with the popping. But then, are you standing there with a stopwatch? One second, <laughs> it's yes. going by. Yes, you have to. When I pulled this bag out, it had literally been two minutes. So that's half of what they recommended, and yet it was still slightly burnt. So I think that microwaves are like. It's higher and faster, and so they can't keep up with the changing times. But, uh, yeah, I love my Crazy 8 popcorn popper, and I love making it fresh, and I make a truffle popcorn that is delicious and um, mix into the popcorn instead of butter or some other topping. I add truffle oil and some sea salt, and it's so That sounds great. Good. My secret? Yeah. Taijin. Oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. That's the stuff that um, my daughter puts on cucumber. Oh, it's very good on cucumber, but also amazing on popcorn. Oh, I might have to try that. And nachos. Well, that makes sense. I'll tell you one more observation about popcorn this week. And it's so funny that this comes up as popcorn day this week when like literally the last seven days. I've had way more popcorn uh, interaction than I'd normally do in a 365 day. Hey, I mean, it's the universe <laughs> telling you. Yes. Something was just like, hey, get ready. Popcorn day's coming up. So normally I buy whatever the cheapest popcorn, the store brand uh, popcorn, because there's honestly not much difference, right? Right. In this economy? In this economy. Yes. <laughs> So I never had Orville Redenbacher popcorn before. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, but this time around, for whatever reason, on sale. So I buy it. I think, oh, now I'm getting the good stuff. I'm graduating <laughs> in my popcorn appreciating. I have, I'm an adult now. I, I'm an adult now. I've got the gourmet popcorn. And I got to say, highly disappointed. <laughs> really? I'd say, if anything, it it you know popcorn doesn't have a ton of flavor it's more of a flavor uh, convenience canvas yeah but even by those standards it was a little bland and you know the whole thing about it and they express this in the uh the food that built america is he spent like 10 years trying to develop a seed that would pop more than your average popcorn seed I got to say, I had more duds with Orville Redenbacher. Interesting. <laughs> now, maybe I just got a bad batch. That's entirely possible. Well, I don't do any of the microwave popcorn. Now, this wasn't microwave. This was the standard stuff oh. in the air popper. And yeah, Orville Redenbacher let me down. But, you know, interesting. he's long gone, so maybe the quality control uh, is not there anymore. I don't know. It. But uh, yeah. So. Well, and I did learn a fun fact in researching this, of course, and that is that a popcorn kernel can pop up to like three feet high. I believe it because the popcorn was flying <laughs> from the bowl the last time I made it onto the ground. So 
and it surprises me every time, and I jump. Yeah, I'm normally not, like, jumpy, but I was totally jumpy. Well, I'm glad that we are alike in our love of and appreciation for popcorn, and now I'm going to have to watch the episode of um, how food, like how, what is it? <laughs> the food that built America. Yes, and the yes. funny thing is I was on Hulu the other day, and I was looking at all the different episodes of the shows, and I was like, oh, this is Eric's jam. I know he's seen this one, and I know he's seen this one, and I know I've he's been, seen this I've one. I've been binging it, yeah. Yeah, well, that makes sense. That's cool. Um, okay, the last thing that it is today is it's National Get to Know Your Customers Day. Now, there were other things, too, but this is what I picked, because here's the deal. We don't hear from any of our customers, a.k.a. listeners, so I figured that I would just have a desperate- We do occasionally. We do occasionally, yeah. and we- Not as much as we'd like. Right. We want people to interact. Like, I'm happy that we're background noise. 475-999-BRAND. Exactly. I'm happy. I'm happy that we are background noise. I'm happy that you're probably just listening, and it's like white noise in the background and everything. But, like, we need to know. We need to know that you're listening. We need to get to know you and what you like. What's your favorite popcorn topping? Yes. Tell us that. Tell us. If you had Jiffy Pop, or if you're doing Orville Redenbacher, or if you're doing Microwave or Air Pop, just, we want to get to know you. Because getting to know you, I'm not going to break out in song. Um, And then for birthdays, the two birthdays that I pick are two people that are on the two ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, Dolly Parton. Happy birthday, quote the Raven. Exactly. (laughs) Nevermore. <laughs> yes, because he's he's long gone. So. He is long gone. Yes. Um, yeah. But Dolly, thankfully, is still with us. So. And she, yeah. I mean, she's a national treasure. She is a national treasure, and in his own way, Edgar Allan Poe. Of course, right? yeah, yes. I mean, didn't he write Annabelle Lee? You know, I don't know all his works. I but, think he uh, wrote Annabelle Lee. I was yeah. a child, and she was a child in our kingdom by the sea. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so happy birthday, Edgar. Happy birthday, Dolly, and many more to her. Um, and then I don't know any other holidays. I didn't see any international ones today. <laughs> we, I, we hardly have time to talk about popcorn, so. I know. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so before we move on, any anything that we missed talking about last week that you feel like you need to circle back? Just as always, my regret is that we barely touched on the the you know the topic you know there were so many more states and things to talk about to places that we visited and highlights and stuff um and and really we only had time to kind of list where we've been so totally yeah what if we get that topic again we'll have to go a little more in depth on highlights of places or maybe we can put this on the wheel now just say like favorite places in america that we visited that right. sort of thing yeah. or like Favorite random, uh, like, tourist trap. Yeah. Like, you know, the biggest yarn in America or, like, the, I think it's Longerberger, the basket company that they're building is made to look like one of their baskets. Now, did you go to any of those? Because I can't say that I've been to any of these, like, roadside uh, attractions, <laughs> but I was always begging as a, as a kid, Mom, we, we've got to go to the mystery spot, you know? We went to a couple, like as a kid, I remember going to Howe's Caverns, which is in New York, and learning about stalactites and stalagmites and like the whole thing. So we did a couple of them, but not generally. But Pete 
is really into that kind of thing. Mm. And so he'll always point things like that out. And so I, one of these days, he's threatening to do the whole road trip thing. And I suspect that we will see every everything that is on our route, which, you know what, I'm down for. Well, you know, the one that I really wanted to go to as a kid was the uh, Winchester Mystery House in San Jose. And My son's been there. <laughs> I'd always beg mom, can we, because I'd see the signs, we'd be traveling from Fresno to Redding. And I'd be like, Mystery House. And she's like, that is like an hour and a half out of our way. We're not going to there. Uh, so finally, as an adult, uh, when I was down in the Bay Area, I said, this is it. I and? am going. And it was kind of fun. <laughs> Will really liked it. He said it was fascinating that she was like, I there's think, stairways yeah. to like nowhere because right. it was like, oh, the ghosts can't find me if they can't yes. get to me. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah, she was kind of crazy. And uh, so her, she was uh, afraid that, uh, yeah, she was had a curse and it would uh, catch up with her if she ever stopped building this house. So she hired people to constantly be working on it. Uh, and so, yeah, there is all kinds of like passages and, and yeah. little rooms and stuff that serve no purpose other than to be built. <laughs> right. And to like throw throw the demons, the ghosts, the whatever off yeah. percent. But so. I would say it's fun to visit if you're in the San Jose area, but don't go an hour and a half out of your way <laughs> to do it. So it's not worth that. But, you know, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Will said the same thing. All right. Well, then let's take a quick break and then when we come back we're going to talk about some of the the rules that we had when we were kids and also how things have maybe changed a bit since we were kids so keep listening uh to don't ask me to talk we will be right back stacy connects it's not just my business it's my superpower whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Interested in learning something new? Meeting someone new? Find out things that we have in common? Well, of course you are. You're a human being. So let's get intentional about it. Join me, JDK Winnikin, every week and get all of that in less than an hour. I'm a writer, a historian, a social commentator, and my show is all about you. Really, that's what it's called. This show is all about you. Get my perspectives on the week's news and hear fascinating guests whose stories will inspire and move you. My show is all about giving you something that connects us. Join me Mondays on Kixie 880 at 3 p.m. or download it as a podcast. Can't get enough of Stacy and Eric? Then be sure and check out Stacy Connects with Stacy Heller wherever you find podcasts. Stacy chats with guests about a variety of topics, hoping to make a connection through conversation. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacy and Eric. So before the break, we were talking about how uh, we always talk about some of the holidays. It is Annie Day. Hey, all you Annies out there. It's Popcorn Day. Uh, and it's Getting to Know Your Customers Day, which I very loosely connected to our listeners. So a reminder, we'd love to get to know you and we'd love to hear from you. So don't forget that you can reach out to us 
Come on, Eric, you do it. You do it best. <laughs> yes, you can. You can text. You can call 475-999-2726 or 475-999-CRAM. Love it. So good. Okay. So this topic, when I put it on the wheel, it was inspired by a conversation that I had with a couple of friends. And we were talking about like these random rules that we had when we were kids. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like a comparison, like, oh, did you have that rule too? And, um, and whatever. And I also thought it was interesting then to have kind of the juxtaposition of like the rules that are out there now and how things have changed. Um, so like, you know, for instance, when I was a kid, we could stay out all day in the summer. And when the lights came down, we basically like you came home and we didn't I think we had a dime in our pocket in case we really needed to call mom. But otherwise, there was like no communication. And now kids are a phone call away. Young kids have phones. They can text or they have an Apple Watch if you're not willing to give your kid a phone, then you give them the Apple Watch. And so you are so much more connected than we were when Do we were Do they kids. still have the phones for kids with just like the four buttons that call home in the fire department, et cetera? I don't know. Fireflies, I, I think they were called. Yeah. I don't know. Good question. But yeah, I mean, back when I was a kid, you know, you like, you never heard from your, like you never reached out to your parents. Sure. I mean, I <laughs> you had know. to be home by dark. That was right. the thing usually. Exactly. When the streetlights come on, you come home. Yeah. But anyway, let's start first with some random rules that either maybe were a universal rule um, or I found that I was, I was typing these. I'm like, this feels very specific to my family. Like the no sprinkles on your ice cream cone, which was not about the extra expensive sprinkles. We really only got ice cream when we were on a road trip because my dad, as a um, as a hobby, he took photographs. He was a very, very talented photographer. And being on the East Coast, we would take these road trips that weren't just like, you know, a town over. We'd go like a couple states over. So they were these long car rides. And so the only benefit that I experienced from these long car rides were we were guaranteed to stop for ice cream. However... I was not allowed to get sprinkles because they'd get in the car. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Yeah. So to this day, so I had this deal with my dad. Uh, I finally spoke up once and I was like, okay, if I can eat the ice cream fast enough to get the sprinkles off, can I get sprinkles? And he was like, sure. So from then on, I made sure I always ordered first. And I, to this day, eat ice cream so fast. <laughs> and you don't get the headache? No. Wow. Like, and I like, You're a pro. I like eat the ice cream. Yeah. And, like, I don't need a napkin. I am, like, efficient. And that is all because of the rule that my dad had and my way of trying to figure out how to work within his rule. Yeah. So what about you? Yeah, we did not get ice cream on road trips. And it was about the cost. Uh, but, you know, uh, funny that uh, you'd have the sprinkles rule because it would get in the car. Uh, my mom would give us, we normally couldn't have the sugary cereals, uh, but on road trips, she'd give us like a box of like Fruity Pebbles or, or you know, Cocoa Puffs to nosh on. Yeah. And uh, 
I, like years later, you would find like fruity pebbles underneath <laughs> <laughs> the car seats and stuff, oh, or sometimes funny. ground into the carpet just because they, you know, would. F- you can't keep a handful of cereal from not, you know, no. dropping a couple Especially pieces of it. Especially if there's a Captain bunch of you like sticking there, yeah. your little grubby mitts into the box, yes. then and. So who got the prize? Because a lot of times those cereals had prizes in them. Maybe whoever found it first would just quietly pocket that. <laughs> right. Well, see, the the rule I think that we had in our house was whoever opened the cereal. Okay. Because we totally would like dig through the entire thing. Of course, thing. yeah. Yeah. Very sanitary. Um, <laughs> okay. So a rule that I remember from growing up is that uh, – And it's clear that by the time my parents got to me, by the way, that this rule was no longer in play because my older brother, Peter, who's the middle child, he wore my parents out because the rule was you can't leave the table until you finish eating your dinner. And my brother, God love him, he is like meant to retire and become like some kind of a Buddhist monk or something because he would just quietly sit there then and... My older brother would go to bed and, you know, probably as a baby, my parents would put me to bed and he would just wait it out. Mm -hmm. And they were like, fine, you have to go to bed. Because there were certain like lima beans from a box, like in the freezer section. Yeah, I there was a couple times where I had to wait it out uh, because we had a, I, there was a similar rule, and that you know usually mom would make something that I liked that we all enjoyed, but occasionally she'd spring some spaghetti squash on me, and I hate squash, but especially spaghetti squash. And texture it would, is it the texture for the, you? The texture, the flavor, all of the above. And then it would uh, it would go cold pretty quick too. So once it's cold, then trying to trying to eat it then is just horrendous. And I remember one time, I actually was saved by an earthquake <laughs> because what? yes, because I'm sitting at the table just staring at this squash, not willing to eat it. And apparently we had an earthquake. Now I I just can never feel them. Um, but, uh, my mom comes out and she's like, did you feel that earthquake? And I'm like, there wasn't any earthquake. And she's like, look at the plants swinging and stuff. You were like, I was too focused on like. Uh, on the squash. On yeah. the squash. She's like, you should have gone under the table. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I didn't feel the earthquake. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, you know, but that changed the subject enough that I was able to just toss the squash. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Like, finally, you got... A whole lot of shaking going on, and... uh, (laughs) Hey, whatever you got to do, you got to do. That's kind of funny. Like, I could just see a little Eric, like, sitting there and, like, willing it. I'd say at least an hour had gone since mom left the table. Right. Just sitting there looking at it. Like, like, nope, it's going to be you or me. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. Now... A big thing for us, so I have made mention of the fact that I grew up in upper middle class family on the East Coast. Um, my my uh, paternal grandparents, they came from a good amount of money. Uh, my maternal grandparents, not as much. But we were raised kind of with all of the social norms of the one set of grandparents, right? So it was all about like children being seen and not being heard and behavior 
um, and being respectful. Like I remember at dinner one time I had clearly seen on TV or someplace there was some influence and I took my knife and fork and kind of like put it up like I'm King Henry VIII, I am, I am. <laughs> well, I was sent immediately to my room with no dinner. Uh, so behavior was like such a big thing. How we spoke, how we answered the phone, um, which on the one hand I can appreciate because manners, they're important. On the other hand, it was like, okay, but is it is everything for other people all the time? And there was a lot of that. Uh, so there's some happy medium. I do believe that manners and kids, like there should be no such thing as like best manners. I've heard people talk about like we're going to use our best manners. And I'm like, manners are manners. The person that's serving you at Dairy Queen deserves the same amount of respect that the queen does. Like if somebody is, you know, you're interacting with someone, then they deserve respect. Right. I mean, the, assuming the that Dairy the, Queen person probably is not going to have the fanfare. No. However, like, please and <laughs> or the thank red you. Carpet, but right? yes. But the please and thank you and but acknowledging you, and all those things. You wouldn't curtsy or <laughs> bow <laughs> when I mean, you got your fries. I might if I'm really hungry and they taste that good. Um, so that was definitely a set of like house rules that dominated my upbringing. Did you have any of that? Yeah, I, I think that stuff is good within reason, <laughs> you know, Yeah. Uh, because kids need to know the manners, but also they also need to be cut some slack just because they're kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. There was course. no like their kids stuff for us. It was yeah. like, I think my dad once told my um, my brothers, like, you know, it's like, don't leave your sports equipment out or something. And um, it rained or something. And my dad you know, like their mitt or something got ruined and he threw it away. And he was like, I told you to put away. And it was like, well, that's one way to teach a lesson, except that I think probably the boys were in like little league and needed to go get like another mitt. So I'm like, really? Who is this on? But, right, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's ruined, it's ruined though, you know. But is it? I mean, I, I feel like mitts I don't have been know. left out in the rain before. Yeah. I don't know. That really would have had to gotten wet. Big time. Yeah. All right. What about the whole like you have to wait to swim? Be, like after you eat. Yeah, I think that was kind of like an old wives tale uh, sort of thing that uh, I, I don't know that it was specifically a rule in our household. We didn't have a pool uh, well, we for one thing. Either. So, but you like, know, that wasn't a big issue. Someplace, yeah. It was like, oh, you got to wait 30 minutes before you swim. It was probably 30 minutes before we had gotten to the pool after eating. So it never really came into play. But I did look that one up because, you know, that is one that you hear a lot to this day. And the common belief is that the blood going to your digestive tract after eating steals the blood that you need to keep your arms and legs pumping during swimming. But that's unfounded, say doctors. And uh, they also say that, you know, while it does take a little bit of extra blood to digest, it's not enough to cause you any problems. But you could potentially get a minor cramp, which is no fun. So, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Uh, any other rules that you had? You know, I I think we probably had the same rules, you know. Yeah. It was yeah. probably somewhat like a generational thing and whatever. Now, when I was thinking about some of this stuff, um, you know, I was thinking about the, I don't even want to say like some of them aren't even rules. They're just now like social norms, like seatbelts. 
Yeah. Like, I don't remember. We always had to buckle up, for sure. Well, I mean, I I don't remember always having seatbelts in the back. Like, I used to sleep. My dad had this car that had, like, where the window came down in the back. There was kind of, like, that spot behind the seats where, like, some people put stuffed animals or whatever, right? You know what I'm talking about? Um, In the back of a sedan, it's, like, I don't know, there's a ledge. I used to sleep on there on long car rides because my brothers would take up all the room. Like, that can't be safe. Probably not. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, did we not have seatbelts or were my parents willing to watch me, like, go through the windshield? I mean, honestly. (laughs) I think they probably just thought, well, we'll be careful with our driving. But as we know, you know, that doesn't always work. So. Right. Yeah. Best if kids are all buckled in, which uh, to my mom's credit, we always were. Uh, but remember those station wagons where they had like the seat facing the back of the yes. car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you'd have so many rows and then I don't think we ever had one of those, but we didn't either. I'd but a friend see had them, one. you know, like on the road and then it it, seems it's so, cool. so weird uh, if you're in the front seat and then suddenly the people behind you are looking directly at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's awkward. Yeah. It was very weird. Um, <laughs> Making faces usually because they're eight years old. Totally. Yeah. And like being totally little kids. You know, I was thinking about some of these rules and, you know, things like the playing outside all day, the technology thing. I mean, like, it was a big deal that, a really big deal, that I got my own phone line as a teenager. And so I had my own phone in my room. And, like, basically, I was, like, the ish, right? Like, super spoiled that I had that. And, yeah, that makes sense. Um Generally, you had like one, maybe a second phone in the house and it had the really long cord. So if you wanted privacy, then you like took the cord and you had to like head into the like the pantry or the hall or down the hall. Yeah. Right. I mean, so different than it is now. And now kids are like, I'm not telling you my password, mom and dad. Right. And I'm like, wow. okay. Uh, So that's changed. Um, The other thing that I wrote down is the relationship to dirt. So as a little kid, I used to stay at my friend Suzanne Murphy's house. Her parents let us play in dirt and make mud pies and stuff. And it was not like we had to come in and have like a full dousing with like a hazmat system and suit and, you know, Purell and whatever. It was like we sort of washed our hands and then we put on our cute little cardigan and we headed off to church. Um, Like we played in the dirt. We got dirty. We weren't total germaphobes like we are now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends how close you live to a Superfund site because- uh, a Superfund site. <laughs> that's that's where they've come and cleaned up an environmental disaster. <laughs> yes. Oh. Like, for instance, in the Puget Sound area, there's several places that were Superfund sites because of, you know, industry pumping out toxic chemicals into the air, uh, like the uh, smelter down in Tacoma, the Ruston area, a Sarco, I believe it was. So there was arsenic uh, in the dirt. <laughs> and that was just, you know, coming out in clouds and then landing in the dirt. So those kids had to be very careful if they were playing in dirt. Um, and there's a lot of places all over this country that are like that. Well, funny, <laughs> funny you say that. So it's not unfounded for parents to be worried about their kids so clearly eating it's dirt. My parents, because we used to live uh, when we lived on Long Island, we lived behind what we kids affectionately called the pits, which essentially was probably like this big area, like 
towns have where you're like pulling all the dirt and you're like for construction and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this big area and we totally played back there and we're like running through the dirt and like my brothers would play like G.I. Joe and people had their BB guns and like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, When I lived in Reno, we lived next to a vacant lot. (laughs) <laughs> that was oh, like nothing and, bad happening there. <laughs> no, it was it was vacant <laughs> for years. There was just like chunks of concrete, uh, just like slabs of it, and like the old like wood and trash and stuff in there. And so that was like that was gangbusters for uh, me as a kid to go play with all that stuff. But uh, yeah, well, luckily, in your imagination, luckily did right? not hurt myself too much. Well, and that's that's the other thing. So not just the relationship to dirt but parental supervision i mean you know the like come home when the, like the the street lights go on and you know like what did you do today I, i'm like i don't know i played in the creek i you know i went here i went there uh that is such a difference from how it was or how it is now i mean now like most of your kids activities are scheduled because the world's changed so much that letting them go off in the neighborhood, you know, parents are like, God knows what's going to happen. Right. It's a hard world. Um, (laughs) I think because we're all so aware of all the dangers now, whereas, you know, back then, you might not have known. Uh, Well, I mean, it's like, (laughs) uh, Well, sunscreen, right? Like, think about, like, um, uh, melanoma and, like, wearing sunscreen. Like, you know. People were sun worshippers. Like you put on baby oil and you. I like, remember like girls putting on Crisco. Right. You know, to, to get that tan. Right. And it's just insane to think about now. Right. You know? And, you know, it turns out like, oh, it turns out that's bad. Or even yeah. smoking. Right. And, you know, and how much that has changed. Um, you know, bike helmets and how they're, you know, now. It's like a law in some places, whereas once upon a time, like I didn't have a bike helmet. Um, you know, it's not anything. I even think about the jungle gyms that I played on as a kid where you were playing on essentially the the playground was in like the parking lot of my school. And yep. so there was no soft. Like, I'm so jealous of kids now because they have uh, most playgrounds for schools now and a lot of parks have padding underneath. Yes. So if you fall off that jungle gym. Uh, you're not going to die. No. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, for sure, you would be scraped up. Uh, your time. knees would be scraped up. Your hands would be scraped up. And yeah, no, I would have much rather had that padding down there. And I've heard some people say, well, kids need that so they can learn that life is hard. And it's like kids are going to learn life is hard no matter what. They don't need their uh, limbs, you know, broken and scraped up. Teeth like falling out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it was a dangerous world out there. Um, For sure. And, you know, and I also think about um, like rules around homework. Like I don't remember interestingly and again, I sort of wonder if it's the birth order thing for me being the youngest and the only girl. I think my parents have given up on me. Um, so they were not overly involved in me getting homework done. So I don't remember rules about homework. And now I feel like kids have access to so many more things that there's more rules about like this needs to be done before you can do this. And Yeah. You know, I, I remember the official rule was you do your homework right when you got home. Uh, but I never followed that rule, and mom didn't have the time to enforce it. Right. Uh, so, you know, 
we were at a standstill. <laughs> well, and you were, you know, sort of left to your own devices, right? Yes. And then it was report card time, and we found out what was really going on. Exactly. I don't know. The world has changed, and I'm definitely not trying to do, like, the back in my day, because there are some things that are so much better. Uh, but really what it comes down to is that times are just different. They are. Right? It's not better or worse. It's just different. So, anyway. But um, I'll tell you one thing that is better. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Sandwiches. Uh, when you involve Vance Dingfelder from Dingfelder's Deli. I know. And we missed him last week. So I'm excited that he's going to be back on the show this week. So let's take a break. And then when we come back, let's talk to Vance from Dingfelder's and Nourish Catering. We'll be right back. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects, it's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Don't ask me to talk. Hey, welcome back to the show. You're listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk, and it is our favorite segment of the show. That's right. It's that time where we talk to the Lord of the Sandwich, the King of the Kanish, the Duke of the Deli himself. That's right. Vance Dingfelder from Dingfelder's Deli. Hello, sir. How are you? I've missed you. We didn't get a chance to talk to you last week, and so we we definitely missed you as well, sir. I'm I'm not used to that. But I I know how busy that you were down at the deli. Yeah, so... And yes, that's exactly what was going on. I mean, it's a good problem, but it's a problem when we don't get to talk to you. So... It it is, you know what, and, and you're absolutely right. It is a good problem. It's a blessing. And I can't tell you how much fun it has been having people back inside... The energy, you know, and and granted, we, you know, we're we're trying to staff up and train people properly. So, you know, with the overwhelming success of our customers wanting to be inside and sit down, the energy and the vibe, it's like, whoa, we're having lines all day long, right? So, um you know, the patience that people have. And and what's so cool is they're all in so nice. I've had people that are training going, your customers are so nice. Now, <laughs> this is perfect because we did talk about the fact that the deli, uh, while not like fully up to like where you want it, it is like open for people to come in. And how perfect on this, the... The day that is get to know your customers day. Yeah. Oh, you know that that's probably my favorite thing to do is getting to know the customers because honestly, you know, delicatessen is, is, is that's what it does. It, it it nourishes the community. It nourishes the people that live around here, right? The people that come to see us. Then they, and then they are buying food and taking it back home, right? And they eat it throughout the week. So we are essentially a part of those families. And, and and people, we have regulars that come in two, three, four times a week, 
even even people that are on their way home and just want to grab a piece of cheesecake, and that happens a lot. Um, it, that's the blessing of doing this whole thing, honestly. So to have a day devoted to understanding your customers, I, you know, I mean, that's what personally and what I try to convey to the staff and the team that, you know, we connect with them, right? Um, I, you know, if they want something, we take care of them. And that's what we do at the end of the day. I love that. And <laughs> what, love that. well, here's the thing. What I love is that now my son Charlie is in the neighborhood and he's oh. one of your customers. Okay, so I can't tell you how cool that was, okay? You know, because he worked at the deli. He knows what the deli is. Yep. I mean, it was, it was like, it was probably his first real job. Yeah. You know? and, and the staff loved him. And he, you know, he came in because he wanted a matzo ball soup and some latkes, right? He just wanted to be comforted. And he needed something warm. Yep. And I thought, that how cool is that? That, you know, because he's busy now. <laughs> he is busy. He better be busy. He's doing calculus. Not only calculus, I think it's calculus four. I don't think there's a tougher class, except for, you know, something in medicine. And even medicine. For calculus? I don't know. He's he, taking drawing, too. That seems like it's kind of tough. No, drawing is kind of nice because... It teaches you how to, you know, write, <laughs> which we don't really do. <laughs> that That's true. That's true. But I think it says a lot that somebody that worked at the deli comes back there and is like, I'm in the neighborhood. And, you know, and mm-hmm. you do know. I mean, I have been to the deli countless times. And when I see you there, the number of people that you know, it reminds me of the song from, I think, Sesame Street, like, who are the people in your neighborhood? And, you know, it's like, you're like, oh, hey, Bob, hey, Maria, hey, Elmo. I was thinking of Cheers when you said that. Oh, well, yes, there is You want to go where Vance knows your name. Exactly, exactly. Norm, like, yeah, you, like, and I love the image of you, like, when the, the half door where, you know, you place your order and, you know, your head's poking out and you're like, hey. Um, you know, you know, you know I got to tell you, that was, a, that was a shot. That got me. That's me, right? At that, the whole thing. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, um, thank you, Stacey. That was really nice. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, yes, I'm a nice person. And, yes, I love you and I love these businesses that you have. However, I'm not willing to lie for my art. (laughs) And and, you know, you do, you have that connection in your neighborhood and you are literally a cornerstone because you're on a corner. See what I did there? In the neighborhood. And uh, a lot of the choices that you've made in terms of you know, menu and how you do things are for the ease and convenience of the people that you serve. You know, it, 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 that, it, it, that is true, right? And and, and also, you know, I, I, I'm concerned with, you know, affordability. You know, they have to be able to... And a soup and a latke is a good meal that isn't that ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's affordable, and, and that's why the Seattle-style sandwich, right? Things that are, you know... You know, I, I get a lot of flack from people that do, you know, um, uh, Instagram reviews sometimes. That they, 
oh, it's expensive, it's pricey. Well, it is expensive. The food's expensive. Right. It's expensive right. to make, you know. But there, I'm, I'm conscious of things that people can't afford. And, you know, it, it has to be a place for everyone, right, that someone can come and get something to eat. And even if you can't, if you can't buy it, you know, um, like, and you're homeless, I mean, I, I do my best to feed those people, too. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, the only thing I ask is that they respect. Right? Absolutely. Um, and even then, sometimes I'll still feed you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm from New York. You know, I don't, you know I, I'm pretty thick-skinned. Well, yeah. you know, the funny thing about New Yorkers is that we're thick-skinned, and yet we're also, like, have the gooey inside. Oh, you know what? Absolutely. I mean, you know, New Yorkers at the end of the day, um, you know, that toughness, that thick skinness is just there as a survival tactic. Really, you know, everybody is kind of like, you know, they want to help each other. And and that comes out in snowstorms or, or, you know, times of disasters and things like that. When things, when, when New Yorkers need to come together, they will always rise to the occasion, right? They don't give, they don't give a, (laughs) they don't care. Right? No, they don't care who you are, what you are. You need help. They're going to help you for the most part. You know, yes, they'll walk over you on the sidewalk, right? Because and New Yorkers expect you to help yourself, right? Right. But when, it's, when, it's, when everybody's in trouble, everybody comes together. It's true. So, yeah. uh, and, that, and that's really where I come from. That's, that's, that's it. You know, I take care of people, right? Yes, you and do. And that's, that's what, that's what being growing up in a restaurant does to you. Um, and always being in the service industry, right? It teaches you that. Um, so there's one, let me tell you about something. Uh, this is big, okay? Um, we're making Linzer tarts. Oh, those are good. <laughs> I don't, like, every time you say something, I'm pretty much like, oh, that's good. Um, well, you, you know, and, and I have to tell you, they're not cheap, okay? Right. <laughs> but, you know, I have to. You, know, you got to charge a certain amount if you're going to make it and sell it. You got to charge a certain amount. Sure. But I will tell you this: if you want a lens tart, a good lens tart, come on down. <laughs> I'm dying to know what a lens tart is because oh. I've never had one. You have not well, lived. Lens tarts were special because my parents. Okay, my parents were very young when I was born. They used to drive into the city to a place called Maxwell's Plum <gasps> to buy a piece of Black Forest chocolate cake, okay? Because it was the best Black Forest chocolate cake in the world. And they would come home with this Black Forest chocolate cake in the box, right? Well, you know, it's a wonder why I'm not, not thin. So, so, so they would also buy, you know, it was a special thing because they'd come home with a box of four Linzer tarts in the box, right? And the way they would treat them. You knew they were special. So before I even put it in my mouth, I knew it was special. But then when you put it in your mouth and it's a good one, whoa. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a shortbread and it typically has like some kind of a jam filling. All right. That sounds great. And yeah, it's, it, yeah exactly. People and do it, them it, as like a tart or they do like you can do a Linzer uh, tart cookie. Right. And that's what these are. These are a Linzer tart cookie. And what, what they, um, what they, they're like, imagine, Eric, uh, a shortbread cookie, right? That's got fluted around the edges mm-hmm. with a hole in the middle, right? Now imagine one without the hole. So you take the one without the hole, you put the, the filling, and it's usually a jam, right? And then you cover it with the other 
cookie with the hole and you dust it with powdered sugar. Got it. And and they're divine, right? They're just wonderful. And it's, it's now that it's I a lot, yeah, you know, to eat one is more than enough, right? It's almost like uh, you know those pink Uncle Seth's cookies. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's a lot if you eat one whole one. So you know, there you go. Now that I see uh, a picture of one of these, I have had one, and you're right. They're fantastic. So uh, that's fantastic <laughs> so, that you're going to be so selling we're those now. Those, um, we're, our coffee cake, we made the coffee cake these days. Oh. Coffee cake is done. Okay. And we're starting to market it. So I, I started selling the Windsor Tarts, and, and the coffee cake is going to come on this Friday. All right. I'm going to be... Uh... And the espresso bar is in. We just have to get trained. Ooh. TV is in, right? Um, yeah, we're going to do an express espresso window. Nice. Everything is falling into place. I love it. Um, <laughs> it is kind of cool. It's, it's really cool. We've been working a lot of time to get it to this point. People are coming in. Um, it's, it's a blessing. It's really nice. It is a blessing. So, uh, is in with the kids. I well, because I was out, I was sick yes, and under yes. the weather for so long. So I well, think it was, it was mom. It was grandma. Grandma saved you. Yeah, she totally did. Uh, well, <laughs> sh- sort of. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a conversation for offline. Um, but I now that I'm feeling better, I'll have to entice Charlie to meet me at Dingfelder's, and uh, I'm sure that he would be willing to um, have lunch or a snack on me at the deli, and then I can try out the coffee cake. Yeah, and bring me back a Linzer tart. I will bring you back a Linzer tart. (laughs) That works. There you go. All right, so, uh, hey, folks, you heard it from Vance himself. If you want to check out Dingfelder's Delicatessen, if you haven't been before, then go check it out. You can go to dingfelders.com. You can find the menus there. You can uh, get the location of where it is. You can't miss the half-red door. And you can also now go in and, hey, like, say hey to Vance. Let his staff know that you heard about Dingfelder's and Nourish Catering from listening to our show. Who knows? Maybe he'll give you a big hug or something. Next week, I'll tell you how many people mention the show. It's pretty cool. Oh, all right. Gosh, this is like a cliffhanger. All right. Well, <laughs> as usual, uh, we so appreciate you and your support, and it, you make it so easy to support you because your food is so good. So remember, you can go to dinkfelders.com or go to nourishcatering.com and uh, fill your belly with warmth. And uh, hey, it can't be a one way relationship. Vance wants to get to know his customers, but you got to get to know Vance. So <laughs> go in and say hi. Thanks, he's not, Vance. He's not, he's not such a big, he's not such a bad guy. No, Don't he's a great guy. <laughs> I love you guys. Love you too. Take Bye. care, Vance. All right, I'm craving that tart now. They're like so nothing good. Nothing else. <laughs> right? And it's one of those cookies that with the powdered sugar on it, like you take that bite and you're kind of like, <gasps> and then you like, you inhale it. So good. Sure. All right. So well, it's time to figure out. What are we talking about next week? Uh-oh. What is it? You know that spin to spin sound yeah. means that it's random, right? Yes. You know, just for the folks out there that that may be going, oh, yeah, they, they just picked this. No, it's totally because random. Of, well, favorite cookie type. No way. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's kind of fun. All right. 
So next week, uh, let's talk about our favorite cookie types. There's so many different types. So maybe in categories or something. I don't know. We'll come up with something. All right. Well, in the meantime, folks, happy day. You'll hear from us next Thursday. Yeah. Enjoy some popcorn or a Linzer tart or whatever you crave. And uh, definitely go visit Vance at Digfelder's Deli and have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. Later, Gators. Oh, 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 oh,